I am Shumana Roy, and this is Behind the Spine. And I'm your host, Mark Haywood. This is the podcast that finds learning opportunities for writers in the most unlikely of places. Last week, I spoke to Samana about her book, How I Became a Tree, a fascinating look at what it means to be human in a natural world. The idea of experiencing adventure like Robinson Crusoe did, I think, that has to stop. And, you know, the idea of the world being a Friday to serve you, nature being a Friday to serve your sense of adventure. As humans, we've distanced ourselves from nature. We've dominated it, built cities, paved roads, and put up walls that have all severed the link between us. We now have to make a conscious effort to engage with it in order to experience nature. And that's what I'd like to touch on today. Chapter 1. A Man-Made Nature Human beings are part of, not separate from the natural world. The human mind developed in relation to nature. Human culture developed within the context of a natural setting. Human beings are attracted to all that is alive and vital. We subconsciously seek connections with the rest of life. Kilroy J. Olster, Dead Toad Scrolls In the last few years, as we've begun to see the devastating effects of climate change, as the world's ecosystems have begun to fall apart before our eyes, we've started to realise how important it is that we keep the natural world alive. During the height of the pandemic, when we were locked down and unable to do anything but wander the outside world, many of us were reminded of the beauty of nature. But because we've spent thousands of years trying to conquer that beauty rather than work alongside it, the dialogue and discourse we've developed keeps us distant. There's a chasm between our love of nature and the way we're able to express it. We coined the phrase Mother Nature, and yet I suspect we might walk by her on the street as if she was someone else's problem. We treat nature as something to be explored, as an adventure to be had on a weekend, going for a hike, walking through a forest, climbing a mountain. We speak as though we only have a temporary association with nature, rather than a permanent one. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. From As You Like It by William Shakespeare. The planet is not there for us to use and exploit. It's not ours to own and control. It is everything, and we're just passing through. Now with COP26, the world's biggest climate conference on the horizon, it may seem like we're waking up to this fact, but instead we speak about nature as something to be saved, as though we're her knight in shining armour, further pushing this oppressive narrative. So how do we reintegrate a sense of belonging into our language and attitudes? First, we need to start a revolution with our words, write about nature in an inclusive way, Ditch the us and them mentality and just go with us. After all, she's our mother. As Jake Sully in James Cameron's Avatar says, your spirit goes with Awa. Your body stays behind to become part of the people. We are a part of nature, so it's time we wrote about it in the first person. We aren't saving the trees. We're saving ourselves. We aren't protecting the oceans. We're protecting our future. No one has saved a tree because we've seen, you know, this kind of banner go up somewhere on World Environment Day, Save Trees. 
Behind the Spine is an attempt to inspire you to write and to shine a light on things that might provide a creative spark for your stories. Now, we want to go one stage further. We want to offer you an outlet for your work. Over the course of the show, we've uncovered dozens of lessons that have been extracted from over 50 fascinating conversations. We've picked three, and we'd like you to narrow this down to one. Pick one of the lessons we've selected and write a short story of no more than a thousand words and then send it to us. At the end of the series... We'll pick two winners. We'll pay each writer £250 for the right to use their story as part of Series 4. Go to behindthespine.co.uk and click on the writing competition for more details. But now, back to the show. Chapter 2. Can you imagine a world where we never cut ourselves off from nature? where we built houses and cities that lived and breathed, nestled within the forests and wilderness, rather than destroying and replacing them. What would that look like? Would we long for adventure if we spent each day already immersed in the wilderness? It's interesting to note that we couldn't survive without nature, but nature can get on just fine without us. It's a staple of post-apocalyptic science fiction, the return and regrowth once humans disappear from the picture, In Alan Wiseman's book, The World Without Us, he explains it would take just five years for New York City to begin to look like a forest, and just 20 years before the skyscrapers came tumbling down. 200 years later, and the city would be unrecognisable for all the trees. On the flip side of that, how might the world function without nature? If human beings have their way and dominate it so completely that it ends up entirely wiped out, Would that be a world worth living in? This is a narrative tackled beautifully in the BBC Sounds podcast Forest 404, an eco-thriller set in the 24th century in a world where forests have been erased from history. To push further on the topic of the language of nature, in a Guardian article in 2017, George Monbiot calls for help in finding better ways of describing the natural world. He starts... If Moses had promised the Israelites a land flowing with mammary secretions and insect vomit, would they have followed him into Canaan? Though this means milk and honey, I doubt it would have inspired them. He goes on to say something we've touched on many times in this podcast. Words possess a remarkable power to shape our perceptions. But what words are the perfect replacements? Do you fancy taking on the task of reimagining our vocabulary? Perhaps we need to humanise the terminology we use, substituting phrases like protected area for something more magical. Even phrases like climate change, so bland and nondescriptive, take away any urgency or seriousness from its true meaning, allowing us to detach from the scary reality. The battle isn't only in changing how we speak, but in clawing back forgotten words. In their book, The Lost Words, authors Jackie Morris and Robert McFarlane speak about how natural words begin to vanish from the language of children. If we stop being able to describe and name the world around us, we stop caring about it. Think about this. When there's a flower or plant you know well, you'll take an extra moment to appreciate it if you spot it while out walking. But for everything else you're not so familiar with, you just walk on by. Not a care in the world, Mother Nature someone else's problem. Once we start to change our language and start speaking about Mother Nature as part of our family, will we stop abusing her? Will we stop seeing her as our girl Friday, existing only for our pleasure to satisfy our sense of adventure? 
Chapter 3. Soundscape. Nature is now being prescribed to patients by doctors. As we lead increasingly sedentary lives, chronic disease is rife, and in studies nature has shown almost magical properties of rejuvenation. The practice in Japan is known as shinrin-yoku, or forest bathing. A study by the BBC found that simply listening to the sounds of nature can give you a strong enough dose of that green medicine to lift your mood. If you go looking for awe-inspiring natural experiences, you'll likely become more attuned to nature. Feeling small among some of the world's most fantastical sights will add a little perspective into your life. And if you're suffering from the dreaded writer's block, researchers have found that getting out of the house results in lower frustration, engagement and arousal and higher meditation. Our societies may have shut off from nature, but our minds continue to rebel. Today's soundscape is designed purely to help you relax. I'd like for you to experience firsthand the power of nature and how it influences your ability to write. Allow yourself to indulge in these sounds for just one minute and afterwards go away and write. From an episode of the podcast Trees A Crowd, this is the Dawn Chorus recorded in Kielder Forest by legendary sound recordist Chris Watson. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark Haywood. Let me know what lesson you've taken away from this week's episode by sending an email to info at behindthespine.co.uk. We're also on Twitter and Facebook as at Behind the Spine and Instagram as at Behind the Spine Podcast. In the meantime, give us a like and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Goodbye for now. Stay safe and keep writing. This podcast is produced by Oli Giyu Podcast Production. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.